before we get started, I find it a little ironic that our last episode was called Work-Life Balance, and here we are recording at five in the morning because there's no other time to do it. <laughs> it's called balance. <laughs> Got to get work in. Got to get, get work in. That's right. Got to get this in. Yeah. So I guess that was a roundabout way of you saying good morning to me. Yeah. Happy to see me. Yeah, I was not saying good morning at four thirty when I or four fifteen when my alarm went off. But such is life, my friend. Yeah. My brother sent me a question that I thought was a, would be a good one to kind of go over. More on like, if someone wanted to get into this job, maybe what the best route would be. Do you want to read that? He said, "I think it would be good to hear an episode of the Office of Advice on how to plan a career in the fire service." What are the best ways to go about finding your path so you can have a rough plan of what type of department might best fit you? Should you pick one academy over another? What certification should you go after first? How soon should you try to promote? And can some decisions really stall your progression? Those are all actually really good questions. He's a very smart man. So how did I mean... Where did you go wrong? Oh, well, (laughs) scientists and doctors have been wondering the same thing for many years. (laughs) I think for me, it was like, you, when you get into the fire service, you just want to get on a department. Yeah. And then it's and, like... And I don't think that's changed. No. Like, I don't think... I really don't think there's a way of shopping fire departments and finding the best fit. Like, you just have to... In, in your case, you've gone through the three, right? You're in a oh, third. Fit. Not, not for fit reasons, just more... No. How you want to live your life, where you want to live. It was more of a progression of like volunteer to paid on call to part-time to full-time to, you know, so I've worked for a lot of places and yeah, you don't really have the option of like who has the best culture and all this. It's more of just who who's hiring. Yeah. And I mean, I've, I'm on the other end of the spectrum where I've got one. Yeah. It's the only one I've ever worked for. And, and I, I mean, I could say that at times it's been the best fit and at other times it's not. So, you know, you could, you could get hired by your ideal and perfect department and things could change. Yeah. Or you could think it's a mistake and then all of a sudden things change for the better, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think you need to, to look at what you want in a department, right? If you want to, if you hate, the medical stuff and you want to avoid it at all costs, then you might go to a department that doesn't have paramedics. Or if you love it, maybe you want to make sure that they do their own transport or, you know, Hey, who has the best EMS system in the country? I think it's Seattle, right? Isn't that there? I think they, I mean, I think they have a good model, right? Right. I mean, I would say now that you'd be, so if you want to be a firefighter, you've got to find a place that has some sort of, mitigation plan for the just the inordinate amount of medical calls that yeah. aren't medical calls right right uh, I, i've been calling them just community i mean it's like we're community medicine but honestly in the beginning of your career you don't really care you just want to be on this truck man right but i guess this is advice for yeah people that 10 15 20 years down the road it could be probably will be something you'll be concerned with is a department that has some sort of plan. Like, and so back to Seattle, from what we've heard, right, they have cars that just run these basic calls. Nothing goes ALS. You know, they don't go out on anything that's uh, not ALS, you know. Right. 
And I think that's that's a great model, right? That's that's what the citizens pay for, right? They pay for emergency response. They pay for 911. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, do you want, kind of like when you're picking schools, do you want to go to a big school? Do you want to go to a small school? You know, like, do you want to go to a department where you know everybody or it's so big, you know, like those, I know for me, I always wanted to work for Chicago, but, you know, <laughs> so that's a good story. So uh, they had a hiring freeze for a really long time. And uh, I was the first test after their big hiring freeze. And they filled up McCormick Place, which is like, imagine Denver Convention Center times two. It's massive, man. And they filled it up two days in a row. And the person I'm sitting next to is in a wheelchair. No bullshit in a wheelchair taking this test next to me. And then the person to my other side is in a, like, arms like in a sling. It looks like it's completely deformed. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? But all these people are like, I've been waiting for however long to take this test. And then if you pass the test, they took like the last four of your social security number and just put you on a list. There was no like ranking system. <laughs> but you'd have people who, you know, that list is good for, you know, so many years that 10 years down the road, five years down the road, they're at another job, another career. And then Chicago calls up. It's like, hey, you ready? <laughs> you know, and now you have to make this decision. But yeah, I mean... I think one thing is you just got to start, you know, you yeah. just got to pick some spots and, but where do you want to live? Like, I know well, everyone part, wants to be, it, right? yeah. So that, I mean, that was like, that was probably how I ended up where I, I mean, I, I, I grew up not far from where I live and work now, but I mean, coming out of college, it was like one of three different places and we visited and, and there was a conversation of, Hey, I, I want to do firefighting, but I don't want to do it here. Mm. So I, I think that's, but yeah, I mean, that's a, it's different in different places, you know? So the, when I was introduced to the fire service, I was introduced in a different like state in the country that, you know, than where I'm at now. And I feel like the culture uh, was way different. Maybe I was wrong. I don't know. Maybe, yeah. maybe I just got a little, kind of preview of it it's not accurate but i really did feel like this isn't this isn't what, what it was like down there you yeah know? i think there's some truth to that everywhere uh it's probably department dependent too it's not really maybe geographic as much as it is just like the leadership in a certain place you know you think it's important to have a job prior to getting in the fire service like, do you think that makes you a better firefighter or a better coworker? I mean, I don't know if it's necessarily a job as much as his life experience, which part of life experience is having jobs, right? But some people can have really good life experience. I mean, some some of the best guys we have, you know, joined the military, some branch of the military oh, as I soon guess. as they could, and that, and then they went straight from that. That might be the best service. primer. I mean, it probably, seems like probably top I mean, performers come out of the military for sure. You gotta have some, you gotta have some team. Oh, so maybe sports too. That could be something. Yeah, I mean, I've always said like one of the one of the best places to recruit would be like a, a college campus, right? Yeah. Go to go to those college coaches. I mean, I know a lot of them, and luckily, I found. I mean, I found a, a path when that door closed on me, but a lot of people, 
when they're finished playing college sports. I mean, that's that's something. That's kind of all they know. Yeah, the team uh, environment. Team environment. Um, they've dedicated a decade or more of their life to getting to where they're at with no like guarantee on return. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, they just keep working, working. And I mean, you're playing a college sport. That's, that's probably like, that's something to say, you know, do you know, like, is there a certain grade where you're like, all right, I'm not gonna make it to the pros or do people get in their freshman year and they're like, I got three more years of playing and then I'm done. I've, I've seen some, I mean, it starts as early as high school where, you know, you have some talented kids and they're like, I'm not going to, I'm not playing college ball. And I, then I've seen some of those kids go, they miss it and then they go play. Or you've got kids that when they're 12 years old, they're like, yeah, you know, a lot of people are like, yeah, I'm going to go pro. And that's a great, I mean, that's great. Dangle that carrot out. I mean, you want, you want kids to dream, but you know, some kids will say college too, you know, like after I'm going to go play college, but I'm going to get my degree and then I'm going on to grad school to be a lawyer or doctor. Like that's, that's my plan. Yeah. That happened with my wife. You know, like she got in that Olympic development program yeah. and then burned out. And she's like, oh, I'm, not, I'm not doing this in college. Like it was just like too much. Did she regret it later? <sighs> I don't know if she regretted it. I think as I think she really like valued her um, college experience and where she went to school had like high level club teams. Um, and so she's, she's played her entire life. But she's like, I'm toast. Yeah, I mean, see, I attribute my experience in college to being able to play a sport. Mm. Like, that was what made it for me. So I think it's it's different for everybody. Yeah. So I think a lot of it's the same, you know, with, uh, with fire departments. I mean, going back to, what, like, talking about recruiting college campuses, I mean, the, that would be your ideal candidate. I mean, if you were a fire department looking for – to me, that would be – the number one place I'd go. Yeah. I'd go to college campuses and I look at college athletes one because this is an athletic job. They're probably physically prepared to an extent. Right. There's a good base there. They're educated. They're are, are they? Here's my question. Here we go. Hold on. <clears throat> Here's my question. I feel like, and maybe it was just from like Big Ten schools, where when the football players would come into class once a month, <laughs> like sit what, there. Well, hey, wait, wait, wait. A, what, what class were you taking? Let's not worry about the classes I was taking. Because maybe you only need to be there once a month, but you need. <laughs> I to be had every day. day. <laughs> <laughs> the football player who's a two point like, Hold on. So the class. the circle's blue. <laughs> uh, no, but they'd have like basically another student there to like help them along in all their stuff. I don't know. I'm just. I don't think Did you when you. When you've taken promotional tests, did you get a tutor? Yeah, I did get a oh, tutor. Man, there you go. All right. I'm an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> they know they know how to be a part of a team. Yeah, I know, I know. And the last part is it's probably a diverse like group, right? Right. Which is what we want. Yeah. So athletic team players, right? Like that's teachable. Yeah, I mean man, that's that's one thing about sports is by and large you don't give a shit who you're playing with. You just want to win. Right. Right. And I think the majority, if I mean, I'd like to say almost every fireman, they don't give a shit who they work with. They just want to be good. They want to win. They want to win. Yeah. I mean, you know, they want to, they want to be surrounded by 
I mean, that's the biggest. They want to be surrounded by other people that they know can do the job that got their back, right? Yeah, I'd say that the the people that I want to work with the most are either athletes or former military. Probably for those reasons, right? They don't really care who they're with. They just want to win. Yeah, I that's I would agree. Yeah. Yeah. What is that testing process? Or I mean, man, we should probably ask someone who's tested sooner than we have, but I assume that it's the same. Like that testing process of at least, you know, when we got on, it was you have a thousand people testing for a handful of spots. I hear that's not I, necessarily that, valid anymore. I'm sure there's some places. But. Yeah. But that is a demoralizing um, time where you go to these tests, you see the same guys there. And they're like, hey, whose who's applications are coming open and how many spots are they taking? And, you know, you basically sit down and take a written test that's very similar to a, like a school test, right? Like you have math sections and verbal and, you know, I know that fire team is another one that is a little bit different, but it all kind of has the same yeah. basic. Did you do I like... I can't speak to that because I, I only took yeah. two tests. I didn't take oh. any of those ones that were like, consortium tests oh yeah i only took two department tests right so what tom's talking about is there are some places like here in colorado where a bunch of smaller departments will all pull from the same pool so you'll go to one test that'll have 10 departments that might pick from that list Uh, or you'll go to cities that are just taking that one test for that one town and yeah you you keep taking these tests and hoping and getting interviews. And I remember like, do you remember your first interview? Yeah. I only had two. So I, I mean, for sure. Yeah. I remember both of them. How'd they go? I mean, obviously one went well. Um, the first one, you know, there, I don't know how many people were testing there. It was four or 500 people. And I made, they interviewed the top 100. I made that. And then out of the interviews, they had 20. I made that. But then there was a hiring freeze. Mm. And then the second one, I don't know how many people were there taking the test because I think there's multiple days. I don't even remember taking that. I remember taking the first written test. I don't remember taking the second one. But it did well. Um, I want to say, I want to say like I was like, they ranked after the written, I believe. And I was like 10th. You know, so I got an interview. I don't know how many they interviewed. They probably interviewed like 100 again. Yeah. And then I moved to three after the interview and got the job offer. And then they booted two people out, and so then I ended up being the, the number one going in. Well, that's another great reason to have life experience is the interview. You know, like going into an interview and they're like, hey, tell us a time when you've had to exhibit leadership. Yeah, yeah. I mean, off. you have stuff to pull on. Yeah. But the reason... I still say the number one reason I crushed the interview both times was because like I went to firehouses, you know, did the ride alongs. And then I did the uncomfortable of like, Hey, I've got uh, like, I've got these interviews coming up. Will you guys do like a mock oral board for me? Super uncomfortable. Right. Yeah. I mean, I remember that. And I remember that first one in the station, they asked me questions and I fumble fucked every word, you know? And they're like, yeah, you, you, you did. Don't do yeah, that. don't do that. Right. Like you got to you got to organize. You know, you don't have any thought process of what you want to say and you're kind of rambling. Yeah. 
And so then I, you know, search the web for questions, all that stuff. And then I, I would have, uh, my wife actually interview me one time, which is uncomfortable too. Yeah. Uh, and then I would just set the camera up in my living room in my apartment and I would ask myself the question and I'd set the paper down I'd look at the camera and then I'd answer it uncomfortable again. Right. Like, I didn't know. Right. You know, and then, then you're you gotta, like, man, my you got to go back like and that? watch it. Yeah. You know? So, so then you start looking, oh, my hands are moving too much. My mannerisms, like I'm, I'm not making enough eye contact, that type of stuff, but it helps. I mean, it's super uncomfortable. And I think that was, that's what I tell everybody they need to do. And then you start to figure out that all the questions are the same. Yeah. You just got to get back. You know, what's the root of this question? What story can I tell? Right. That separates me. Because, I mean, that's that's probably the biggest thing of the hiring process, right? It's like, I mean, I think you can find practice tests and, and uh, get, you know, get yourself to a point where you can get to an oral board. But it's how do I, how do I like, crush it? We've had some people reach out. We've helped do some, like, mock interviews. Those guys have gotten the jobs. And we've seen the progression from each practice to the next. And it, it just gets so much easier. Yeah. People I mean, it's rep polished. Yeah. You, you know? yeah. I mean, you just, you're polishing your, you know, your, yourself, yourself, yeah. you know, would you, did you per, like pursue any certs prior to getting hired? Do you think that's important? Uh, hazmat tech. Wow. That's congratulations. No, don't do that. <laughs> I don't like hazmat. No. Did you go and take fire class? I had my, uh, uh yeah so i didn't really know what to do i just immersed myself so like i'm in my senior year of college and i'm finishing bachelor's degree but i'm like i want to do fire so i dual enrolled at the community college so i'm like taking like 24 credits like i'm ready dang yeah so i'm finishing the bachelor's and then i'm taking like you know i'm doing they had this uh combat challenge one so it's like all right do that that sounds um, fun they had what else do they have i mean i was doing emt that was yeah. a big thing right so i got my my basic emt that was probably like a nine credit class and i just remember taking a couple other ones that just got me familiar with the fire service yeah also created relationships right because who's teaching fire service classes yeah firefighters from around the area so you get to know them you find out about tests. Yeah. I mean, and it's not, you're not going to be surrounded by the best of the best in those classes. Sometimes. I mean, it depends on your classes. Well, not, not more times than not. But yeah. I mean, what about your EMT class? Everybody tells a story. I mean, like everybody tells a story about being in like basic class yeah. and it, you look left and you look right and you're like, what? Yeah. Like what? Yeah. I was, <laughs> I was I in the right room. I was like, expecting me to be like in a room full of, you know, people who wanted like, to be just, elite. Like, I'm going to have to, you know, run to keep up, you know? Yeah, and then like, you should have some guy on your first day at EMT class, and he's got his shears, like, in his EMS pants. Dude, at, at any point, there can be an emergency where someone, <laughs> <if> someone's <laughs> clothes need, need to be cut shears. off. <laughs> <laughs> it can happen at any time. Oh, uh, it's awesome. Same thing with a flashlight. Oh, you got to have a flashlight. At any point, the lights could go out. Yep, make sure you got that tourniquet. And, uh, I mean, you might have to clear a house as a EMT. Oh, God. So I, I took every class I could. When I, when I found out that 
So in Illinois, it was a little different because you had to have your paramedic if you wanted to get hired somewhere. So you had to do all that stuff on your own. And then we had a uh, like regional training center pretty close to us, and they had everything, any class you wanted to take. And so as long as you were affiliated with a fire department, you can go take those classes. So yeah, I was just like, I, I saw the list of classes that you could take, and I'm like, oh man, that looks awesome. I'm going to go do that. Or... It's, it's how I assume people who like really loved school saw college, you know, like, Hey, I love this class. I'm this, it looks interesting. I'm going to take that. So then I was like, yeah, I'm going to go get my dive certification. And then I got into the tech rescue stuff and just took absolutely everything. And then I'd go into these interviews and I had this, you know, like we call it the book of wow. Like I had this thick binder full of certifications and I thought that was going to be like how could they not hire me? Look right? at all this. Yeah, look, look, keep flipping. Yeah, look at all these pieces of keep paper. Keep going. Yeah. Keep going. And they're like, yeah, put it in the stack with everybody else yeah, who has whatever. all the same stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Guess what? We're going to put you through our own, you know? Well, it was like I didn't understand the certified versus qualified thing. And, you know, like, yeah, I had all these certs, but, like, I never. Yeah, I mean, I think all that does for you is at least give you some – credibility with maybe a well it shows invest it shows investment okay like this guy like he's obviously trying to right to invest in the career right so i i think it's super important to take those classes but whatever interests you you know like don't go take classes that you know you some guy sitting next to you at the test was like yeah i took this one and you're like well this kind of sounds boring to me i think it's Find what you think is interesting. Well, let's go back. Start taking those. Let's go back. The first question you should ask yourself before you go after a department is, well, and may, and maybe you can say yes to both. Is, Uniform policy. Do I want to be a firefighter primarily, or do I want to be a paramedic primarily? Right. Because, or and then there's some place where you could you can be both. Really, I mean, we work at a place where you could be both. Yeah. I mean. But there are some fire departments that, I mean, it's it's like all medical, and you might go there and you'll never train on fire. It's just kind of like an afterthought. Right. You know, so if you think that you're really interested in the fire side, you you know, you go to, you take like a an academy through the community college and you burn a little bit and you're like, this is awesome. And then you go to EMT school and you're like, eh, I don't know. The same for me. Yeah, like I'm not I'm not in for, you know, wiping asses and cleaning up vomit. Uh then you might wanna think about like I really want to find a place that they focus on firefighting, you know? And there's not many of those places. Right. Just because of the type of service we deliver now. But that's an important question. I mean, I think we're fortunate where we work that we do seek quite a bit of fire, you know? More than most. Yeah. So that helps. Yeah. You know? And that helps with the experience. And that helps with, like, I mean, becoming better at the job. It's having more games to go to. Yeah. I mean, with that comes, though, the places that you might have to live. If, if all that, that's all you want to do, right? God, I think it was East St. Louis. 50% of their call volume is a structure fire. So, well, I mean, take the extreme of like 
and I'm sure they're still this way, but I mean, how bad Detroit was, right. you know, five, eight years ago. Now you're going to a ton of fire, right? you know, like eight to 10 a shift. Yeah. And now you're kind of getting burned out because you're going on vacant structure fires. Like, um, you're just like, all right, another one. You know, that's what a few yeah. guys said. I mean, kind of like you'd get when you're, you know, you're 20 calls deep on medicals of shift. You're like, another one? Yeah. You know, Even if not... you like it, but it's just the volume can can wear. Yeah, 100%. Um, did you look into, like, retirement and all that? Like, hey, what kind of benefits does this department have? No, I not specifically. I just I didn't either. I, was I look. Like, I mean, I just knew that there was. I knew about the defined benefit. Yeah, and knew that like that was a great option. You know, that's one of those benefit like great perks of the job. But then even then, you get in and you like, just like everything else. Like if if you are really disciplined in in that part of your life too, financially or. I mean, that might not be the best option for you. Right. You know? Um, we had a place where, you know, like before we switched over to Defined Benefit, we were more or less like a... Can you say what Defined, like what that is? Well, so you, you after you put in a certain number of years and you reach a certain age, you get a percentage of your salary for the rest of your life. That's the simplest way to put it. Yeah. So, you know, one thing that we had when, when I first came on at my department was more of... They call it money purchase plan. It's just basically what you put in. You get out, you know, it's like, like a 401k. 401k. Yeah. And we were actually talking about that last shift. And it's like, man, if I knew what I knew now. Um, you would have stayed with. I probably would have. Yeah. You know, like I probably would have because. You're responsible. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. And I think like there's, you can only collect on your defined benefit retirement at a certain age, right? Yeah. Well, that changes when it's you know, like your 401k, you know, and you can direct a little more and, you know, it's just, it's just interesting, right? You just don't know what you don't know, or you do, you make, you make the best decision with the information you have then. Yeah. But that can change too. How would you prep for an academy if you had to go back or how would you like, Hey, I start academy in a month. Like how would, what kind of advice would you give to somebody? When I used to run academies and like we'd meet with the. I guess we meet with the recruits like three or four weeks before, or we'd send an email out or something. I used to say, don't read a book. Don't, don't. Everything you need to know that's book wise, you're going to get in the academy. You know, like, don't read any other books. Like, we're going to give you a book. You're going to test it on. You need to study. You need to do that all part in the academy. But you got to come in in shape. You know, like, that's how you prepare for an academy. Like, you want to pass a test and, and you're studying for stuff, but you're tired all the time, you're hurt, like you can't sleep because you're out of shit, you know, everything, you know, like you're stressed because of the next day of how you're going to get crushed physically. Like, but that's controllable. Like, why should you even have to worry about that? If you come in in shape, it's just time you're putting in and you don't have, you don't have to worry about the physical part of it. Right. Because you know? you, you're going to have to learn skills in your gear and all that. And like, just to have to worry about like how miserable you feel and how out of breath you are and, you know, out of shape you are. That's not a recipe for like passing an academy. Right. You know? So, I mean, guys struggled academically, 
but the ones who struggled academically and made it were the ones that were in really good shape because then they could really focus on that. Yeah, the academy is not going to get you in. Like, it's not going to. That's not the time to get in shape, right? If it's like, well, I mean, it. I mean, if you want it, I mean, it can be your personal trainer, but you're going to piss a lot of people off. Yeah, mainly the staff and your other recruits. Drag everyone down. Yeah, because you're the load. Yeah, yeah. Coming in in shape, I think prepping for uh, the heat as much as you can so if you've never been in bunker gear before if you could get your hands on something that could help you with that heat trapping you could like usually some of like the if you do some ride-alongs you ask like firemen if you can like borrow like an old set of gear yeah a lot of times a community college if you do that then yeah then you can get in it but i think that was a big shock for at least for me um we, we had some guys so there were this department um I went to my first fire academy in 2006, I think. And there was a department that you were a cop for a few months, and then you were a firefighter for a few months. Then you just go kind of back and forth. But these dudes did not want to be firefighters. Like, not at all, (laughs) right? Like us, like, train us to be cops. We'd be like, "Mm." Exactly. It's 100% the same. And uh, they would take their liners out of their gear. So fire gear combat challenge lee like lee and paco that's right Dad. sorry lee <laughs> sorry lee <laughs> like, he doesn't do that but yeah. we so but uh you in the fire gear you have like a uh a thicker liner that traps a lot of the heat and then the outside is basically just like a thin canvas is the easiest way to describe it but it's very like r- really light and so they would take their liners out because it was in the summer. Yeah. And uh, the cadre found out. Oh, and dumb, we got move. We got trashed. I bet you did. It was bad news bears. Um, but, yeah, I think that is a big shock for people of how uncomfortable that increased internal core temp is. So if you can find a way to experience that a little bit, I think that's, I think that's helpful. How would you handle you're an instructor and – your recruits do that where they take their liners out. Here's what I would do. I would uh, get everybody a pair of sweatpants and a sweatshirt and uh, we'd go full gear and it would be berry time. Like I think we, I, I love this. I love it. I just don't think you can do it anymore. Why not? One guy, it doesn't matter what they did to deserve it. One guy passes out and you put him in sweat. Well, I think that's on the instructor to gauge where, to gauge where your people are at. So I agree. I mean, Cause you, what's going to piss me off more about this situation if I'm an instructor <laughs> is not the fact that, well, I mean, it'll make me mad that they took liners out. But now I, as an instructor, have to get in my sweatpants and sweatshirt and get in my gear and suffer, and I'm going to be pissed. Which is going to make it a very memorable experience for everybody. True, true. You know? But I think you got to be more careful than you could 20 years ago, than you had to be 20 years ago. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, But it's also, you need to, like, I, I don't think that the academies that I went through, they did a good job of 
kind of, it was like, Hey, everyone's doing this as a group. I don't care. Uh, here's a great example. So one of the places I worked, there was a memorial probably two miles away from the Academy grounds. And so we would in the mornings go run to the memorial, which was, which was a nice, like, Hey, this is how serious this job can be. And on one of our runs back, we had a gentleman who was, uh, what are they? Firepotamus. I think that's what one of our former. Redundant protoplasm. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And so my man was, he was struggling hard. And the cadre was like, if you don't keep up with these guys, like you're going to get fired. And I don't know if that was the right move. Because as we're running back, he has both his arms around two other people and he falls and takes two guys down with him, giving one of them like a TBI, like he fell right on top of his head. And I'm like, what did that do? Right. It took two, it took three guys out of the academy for however long. And then it jacked this dude up probably for the rest of his life. He ended up leaving the fire service and all this other sort of stuff. So I don't know. I think you need to gauge where people are at and like you need the the goal is to get them to their 10. Right. And so that's going to be different for everybody in class. Right. Here's the way I looked at it. Uh, This is not, and we are not your personal trainers, right? And this is not a personal training class. Right. So as much as that situation came up, I've seen it, we had it, you know, uh, got to a point I'd say, you know, a year after doing it, it's like, no, we're like, it's not our job to get you in shape. If you're out of shape and it's detrimental to your job, you're gone. Right. You know, try again in a year when you've prepared more, you know? Right. And I think that's the solution. It's because then you don't take out another couple of guys with it. And, and really like I get the whole team building aspect. And, um, I mean, you have to, that's the other thing too, is like, if you are out of shape, you have to be so good at the other stuff that instructors will almost give you a pass and go, okay, well, he'll be there in like eight to 10 weeks. Right. But we like everything else about him. Attitude. Yeah, exactly. That they'll put up with that. Right. But if you lack in more times than not, if you lack the discipline to come in in shape, you probably lack discipline in other areas of your life and you're going to, have problems everywhere. And so like people aren't, I don't, I don't want to put up with that. Right. You know, give me a, give me a guy who will, you know? Yeah. What do you, what would you say? And I know we've talked about this on other episodes, but when did you know it was time to promote? I mean, I, I, from the time that I entered the Academy, like I knew I wanted to promote. And I, I think what changes or what influences that is just, you know, how your career goes. So, you know, my first couple promotions, two or three promotions, exactly how I planned it. And then other things happened and I kind of slowed the roll on that. Yeah. So, man, I mean, it's like, I just never had to have the conversation with myself that I hear a lot of other people of like, I'm not ready for this or I'm not ready for that or I don't, you know. I don't want to, I just, I need more experience in the backseat, which is all valid. Uh, but I just had 
my sight my sight set on being an officer very early on. Is that because you held like a leadership role with baseball? Like, how did you? Or just kind of like? I mean, I just you didn't fit. I mean, in the yeah, yeah. Like I was, I was, I was um, captain of my high school and, and college teams, but that's that's like. I mean, it, it's. I think that's more like of a symbolic mm. role label for someone who is just like showing the way. Right. It doesn't, it's not uh, all the same as like, you know, a, a leader in the fire service. There's more, there's way more to that. Yeah. But I mean, that's part of it, I guess. I never wanted to be an officer. Until you worked with me and you're like, fuck and I got to get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no. So I found this graph and I'll put it up for those of you watching on. Spotify on one axis is your skill level. And on the other one is basically the challenges that you're, you're facing. Right. So, uh, if you have low skill and high challenge, you're stressed, right? If you have low skill and low challenge, you're apathetic. Okay. As you start to get more skill and low challenge, you're really relaxed, right? Almost bored. And where you want to be, where I want to be, is I want to have high skill and high challenge, right? That's when we get into that flow state. I like that um, low skill, high challenge, anxiety. That I mean, that totally makes sense. Oh, yeah. Super nervous. Totally. Yeah. And so you want to I – don't, I don't want to say that I wasn't challenged anymore because that's not, that's not accurate. Like I still was learning, but I felt like I was fighting for getting like 1% better. I felt like I was super confident in my spot, my position. So the way our department runs is that if you're on a truck, depending on what seat you're in, you have a very specific job that you're doing on every fire. And so I was getting to the point where I wasn't, I didn't have those nerves anymore. I was still like, still loved doing that stuff, but on the way to calls, I didn't have those like butterflies and I just kind of got bored a little bit and uh, it wasn't like, man, all these guys suck that are getting promoted and I don't want to work for them. Like that wasn't it. It was just, I felt like I wasn't progressing anymore in life. Stagnant. Yeah, I was stagnant. Yeah. And so now that I'm out of the back seat, it's like I left, I left that. It's a whole new set of challenges. Oh my I can gosh. remember going from the back seat to being promoted and then I didn't have plans to go out to the academy. But then that happened right away, just the way things were. Yeah. Ooh, I mean, I felt like you used the word invigorated the other day. Like I felt invigorated because it was like new, it was challenging. Yeah. Like I was learning a lot about myself. Um, uh, I had a lot to prove because super young and now you're you're trying to show everybody in the department that you fucking know what you're doing to an extent, you know, right. whether it's whether it's, you know, teaching guys who are already on or like, or not necessarily teaching, but just putting, putting a curriculum together for trainings. Uh, and then, Hey, now you're running academies. What's the product that's coming out? Right. That's a, cause that's a reflection that, of you a hundred percent. Yeah. And that's what, that's a big thing about instructors that I don't think they take into account. 
the way I looked at it, and I use this analogy, and by no means are um, recruits in the academy like our kids, but, uh, you know, I have kids, you have kids. What they do in the real world is a huge reflection. Right. Right? So, uh, you know, we've we've run on those people that, you know, they're parents are around or something or they live in the same house and the, and the son daughter whatever is a complete idiot right <laughs> they're 30s they're living failure out. to launch yeah you know and what do you do i mean you look at those people and go come on but then if the parents around you're like what what has happened what went wrong it's a bad it's a bad reflection of of parenting right right so i i looked at it that way with you know, new guys coming out of the academy. It's like, well, that's a reflection of me and everybody else here, the staff. I mean, there was, you want, you want people to come back to you that, that are online like, yeah, this, this group is good. Yeah, I think the, the most interesting thing I'm feeling right now as a brand new officer is people are really trying to feel you out and see what they can get away with. Like, they want to yeah, see... They, they, they do know... They know. Uh, they do know. Uh, they do know what you. So one of the guys that I worked with for a long time before I promoted. You know, I was like, man, I, I don't know if I can work with this type of person and this type of person. You know, because I really believe in that. You know, these right. these values. Yeah, and and a lot of those values are centered on the same thing we talk about coming to the academy. It's. Uh, being like physically ready, like having the discipline, like showing up prepared, right? Right. And he said, "You don't have to worry about that. Like, you, if you, you know, your reputation precedes you. Like, guys don't want to come work for you that aren't like that." And right. he was right. Yeah, he was right. Um. So I think like that same thing is gonna happen with you. Is you don't have to worry about that. Uh, you can't. You can't fix the whole department to be that discipline and that in shape like it's just the what the fire service numbers are what they are for like obesity and right all that stuff so but they aren't going to come work for you you know and i don't know if that's a cop-out but it's the truth i kind of hope they do like i, I hope that people who want to that are sick and tired of being sick and tired would like they try and find yeah i mean if they knew you yeah if they knew you like like any officer if they get to know they probably would but that they're not going to have the time, right? For the chance. So, like, you're just not going to you're not going to get those people. Yeah, I'll put money on it. Yeah, I I don't know when. It's the same thing of like, when do you know when to leave your department? I think it's like you know when you know. And if all that I can say is that if you do decide to make that jump, know what you're giving up, right? Like, have a have an understanding of what that new role is going to be for you. So if you have an opportunity to act in that prior to taking the test, I think that's pretty important. And then take it as seriously as you took getting into the fire service in the first place. Right. When you promote. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, take the classes, right. Go out and, you know, shadow other officers and hey i really like the way that this person does this little thing i'm going to take that from just sell yourself to the process like see see the people that do it over and over again like you waste so much of your life when you don't buy in like 100 yeah i mean 
it sucks. You remember it. I remember it. I remember both my testing process. Huge strain on the family. Huge commitment. But you do it one time. Yeah. Like, like sell yourself to the process. Like, ace the test. I mean, I must have read the book six times through. Yeah. Don't go for number two. You know, like... I was... I think it was number two twice. <laughs> <laughs> it was. But you weren't like... You were, you were going for that number no, one. No, but I mean, like, I... I I, uh, of course. Yeah. You know, but I mean, I was number two twice, but, uh, like I, I crushed those processes, you know, I, I left no doubt and I didn't have to take it again. Yeah. Like that, that's some guys get deterred. It's, it's, it's the same thing with getting hired. Like, do you think knowing what you know now that you were doing the right things preparing for, you know, your initial like testing and interview? Was I doing the right things to get on the Yeah, because I mean like I was I was taking time tests. I was I mean what just practical application tests like those, you know, I was going to the bookstore at the time and I'd just sit there and I yeah, you don't even have to buy the book. Just go there, sit down at a table and take the test, you know? I was not doing that. I did not I did not have the Were you getting to the interviews? Uh, I was getting to the interviews, but then I was shitting the bed on the interviews because I wasn't putting the work in. Right. You and know? so then you're wasting more of your time, yeah. more of your life, and it's getting more frustrating. It's like, and I think some guys waste that time. They don't know. They don't know how to prepare. Same. I, I had you know? no idea. And I'd get all these rejection letters, and I'd pin them up on my wall as like a reminder, basically, of like, this is this is going to be part of your story. But I wasn't. I was just going to more interviews and I was answering them the same way that yeah. I, I just, I didn't right. take the time to, I didn't invest the time like I did for promotional for sure. And, and you knew then that, like you knew. Yeah. It just took time. It took to it, figure out like, this is how we do it. 